Hi guys, welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview common people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode two of this podcast, I sat down with Bob Stout from Monto Area Recreation Commission, and we talked about a whole bunch of things related to Monto Preserve. The history behind the preserve, the current state of the preserve, why the Monto Preserve needs help, and our upcoming October 26th event at Hawking Chevrolet called Preserve the Preserve, a Halloween-themed community event. I have to be honest and tell you that this was an awesome conversation with Bob in regards to the preserve and what the Monster Preserve is all about. I learned so much through this conversation with him, and I hope you do as well. Let's get started. Today, I'm sitting across from Bob Stout, the director of Montour Area Recreation and Commission. Hi, Bob. Good morning, sir. So I invited him to talk about the Montour Preserve, the state of Montour Preserve. And we also wanted to talk about our upcoming event, Preserve the Preserve, uh, which we heard some good news this week, right, in regards to Montour Preserve. So will you just uh, update us on what's going on? Sure. Thank you. So. We've been pushing hard all summer long, and we've been pushing for years, actually, to raise enough money to keep the Montour Preserve going for the long term. This summer, to be honest, it, it's gotten pretty bleak, and by August, we were concerned that we might not end up hitting our mark. And what has changed in the last couple of weeks, the Montour County Commissioners, as of Tuesday of this week, they have come forward and they have announced that they're going to increase the Montour County Hotel tax from 3% to 5%. The new funds that are generated will go to the Montour Recreation Commission to manage the Montour Preserve and the other parks and trails we have. In reality, this means about $167,000 in new funding each and every year going forward. So that's going to cover about three quarters of what we've been trying to raise all along. This, I think, gives us great leverage to, to secure the rest that we need now. That's fantastic. Um, so for those of you listening, I think this audio is not going to come up for a couple of weeks. So we're recording this on September 26th. So mm-hmm. uh, when Bob referred to it as past Tuesday, it's the last week of September that this meeting happened. Um, but so the question came when this news broke out and I was reading a couple of different articles and the numbers were a little bit different from each one that I read. Um do we still need help from the community in regards to Monta Preserve? Yeah, thank you. That is a great question. So we've, you know, for years we've tracked how much does it cost to keep each of these parks and trails open. We've only been doing the Monta Preserve since 2015. But what we know is we need roughly $200,000 per year to operate all the parks and trails that we have under our management. We do the Montour Preserve, Hess Recreation Area, Hopewell Park, North Branch Canal Trail, plus we do other races and special events. We need about $200,000 per year. With what the commissioners have announced, that's about $167,000 per year. So realistically, because the hotel tax funding requires matching funds on our part, Mm -hmm. plus what we're still short, we're still looking for roughly $40,000 per year that we still need to raise either through special events we do or donations or any other sources of income. So yes, we definitely still need community support and we will probably always be out there still looking for support. Sure. And so our plan is to continue on to plan this Preserve the Preserve event. Uh, The listeners, you guys have probably seen on Facebook and everywhere else. And uh, we're hoping to make this event big. So I think one of the most common questions that people are asking is, how come the Montour Preserve and the Mark needs so much support from the community? How come is it um, 
it's looking at it it's not always secure in a sense of like we can always count on it being there sure so the long history of the montour preserve in the late 1960s early 1970s pp and l at the time the electrical utility created the montour power plant the coal-fired power plant that's up in northern montour county and when they did they created what became lake chilisquaki that's their Mm. source of water for that coal-fired power plant they need the water to generate the steam and over the years, as the lake was there, people said, well, that's a nice looking lake you got there. Could mm-hmm. we maybe go fishing there or could we boat there? Yeah. And PPL, to their credit, over the years, they added the boat launch. They added pavilions. They added restroom facilities. They added the visitor center, the sugar shack, the fossil pit, the wildlife observation blinds. And over 40 years, it grew into by far the biggest and best park that we had in Montour County. I absolutely agree with that. Actually, one of my favorite memories of Montour Preserve is the chili challenge that you guys <laughs> used to have. I used to do it with two of my best friends. Yes. And that used to be something that we look forward to each year. Yes. Unfortunately, it's discontinued. But that's when I realized, like, wow, this place is awesome. You can run, you can swim, you can bike, and you combine it into a one big event. And that was fantastic. Sorry, no. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no. And you're exactly right. And the Chili Challenge was the oldest race we did. We were created as an organization back wow. in 2005. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Chili Challenge was within a year or two of our creation. We had done that race virtually every year. What happened, though, is in late 2014, PPL announced that they were going to discontinue the educational programming out at the Montour mm-hmm. Preserve. And they were looking for other community partners who might be willing to pick it up. And we said, man, that that place really is the best thing we've got going on in Montour County. The maple sugaring programs that they do, the natural history, the environmental education programs that John Beam had always done. And we said, we don't want to see these things go away. Let's see if there's some way we can help. And in late 2014, we started raising money for the maple sugaring program specifically. And in early 2015, in February and March, we pulled off the maple sugaring program And that was our first transition into doing essentially our own programming out at the preserve. Mm. And as 2015 went on, PPL, you know, more details came out that PPL was looking to split itself essentially into two different entities. PPL would remain electrical distribution, essentially the power lines, Mm -hmm. but their power plants, including the Montour power plant, was going to go under the ownership of a new entity that was being created called Talon Energy. And when Talon Energy came into existence in 2015, they made it clear that, look, they really needed to be essentially lean and mean. They really need to focus on becoming profitable because the energy market is so, so challenging these Mm -hmm. days. There's so many things that are changing. And they said, look, it costs a lot to maintain all the recreational facilities out at the Montour Preserve. This isn't really part of our key mission. We don't necessarily want to see it go away, but we are not going to continue to manage all this stuff. It just costs too much that, you know, isn't really part of our core mission. Mm -hmm. If there's some other group out there that wants to step forward, we will be glad to work with you, but you're going to need to manage these things Mm -hmm. at your expense. Hmm. And so we discussed for months with Talent Energy and PPL what a possible arrangement might look like. Mm -hmm. And by May of 2015, they said, look, we need to either come to an agreement soon or we're going to have to move forward with, you know, starting to either discontinue or remove some of these things. You know, it, it's time to put up or shut up. Hmm. And so in May 2015, we really went public with the first real big fundraising drive and said, look, it's going to cost us $100,000 per year to maintain the things that we think we can save. The Montour Preserve had been a little bit more than 1,000 acres 
and it was actually the core of more than 4,000 acres of what had been publicly accessible lands when PPL had maintained it. And when we looked at what we realistically could do, we knew we couldn't take it all on. It was so far beyond our abilities. Essentially, in 2015, we had to triage and say, what can we realistically save? And the rest of it, we're going to have to give up. And we kept essentially cutting and cutting what we thought we could do. And eventually we said, $100,000 is still almost ridiculous amount. There's almost no way we're going to do it. But this is the core stuff that we really are willing to fight for. Mm. And the Montour Preserve eventually became roughly 650 acres in size that we said, this is the core. This is what we're willing to continue to advocate for and try to raise the money for. And it included the picnic groves, the boat launch, the fossil pit, sugar shack, and so on, the visitor mm-hmm. center especially. Mm-hmm. And in May of 2015, we went public and said, please help us raise this funding. This is what it's going to take us for one year of operation to keep this place going. In the meantime, we're going to do everything we can to find a long-term solution to keep this place going right. forever, if you will. Right. And to our own surprise, we raised $100,000 in May of 2015. And we went back to Talon Energy and said, <laughs> hey, we're a little surprised too, but we did it. You know, Can we enter into an agreement to operate and maintain the recreational parts of the preserve? And they did. They went along. We entered into a lease agreement with them. It's an annual lease agreement. It's renewable up to 10 terms. Hmm. And essentially, we've needed to prove all along that it wasn't a fluke that we raised that money in the first place, that we can continue to do so, and that we are you know, a worthy partner for these guys to take care of essentially what is their private property. And we've done so since 2015. We have enough funding in hand to do so through next September of 2020. But it has always been an ongoing struggle for us. We've raised a little bit more than $720,000 total so far, mm-hmm. but we need to do it again and again and again for every year. Right. So how come, what others, aside from um, community involvement and donations that you guys receive, mm-hmm. um, where are the funding coming from? So far, of the $720,000 that we've raised so far, $400,000 came from state grants from mm. the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, DCNR, and DCED, which is Department of Community and Economic Development. And Senator John Gordner has been our biggest champion at the state level. Senator Gordner has essentially secured these grant funds for us. They kept us going for three full years, essentially, at the Montour Preserve. Mm-hmm. This year, we have essentially $200,000 in grant funding, which allowed us to not only maintain what we've been maintaining, but to make three big capital improvements that we've desperately needed. We bought a new tractor to help maintain the site. We're replacing all the heating and air conditioning mm-hmm. units in the visitor center, and we're fixing a portion of the visitor center roof that needed to be done. And from my understanding, all the services that you offer, from Sugar Shack to you know, the boat launch station, and it's free and open to the public. So basically, people are just using the space, um, and and you guys are not charging anything at all. That's right. And, you know, there's a couple reasons, and there's some pros and cons to that. Sure. Yes, it is our mission to make sure that anybody can go outside, and whether it's a little kid or, you know, a family or older residents, we want them outside, we want them active, we want them outdoors, and we don't necessarily want them to have to pay a fee. So it's our mission to make sure that our parks and trails remain freely accessible to everybody. There's a couple reasons why the Montour Preserve, in particular, that becomes an issue. People have said, well, you tell us that you have 90,000-plus visitors out there every year. Why don't you just charge them a dollar or a dollar and a half? That was the next thing I was going to bring up, yeah. And the answer is, 
three reasons. One, okay. when we convinced Talum Energy to keep the site open to the public, they said, all right, here's the deal. We will continue to keep it freely available to the public to use. You'll do so too. You're welcome to solicit donations, you know, to do things that might be able to generate funding, but we'll continue to allow the public to use it for free if you do. And we said, deal. Perfect. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Number two, even if that wasn't the case, there are 13 access points to that property, either entrances to parking lots or, you know, gated roads and so on. It is virtually impossible for us to control the access into one or two spots. You know, if you imagine you're going into a uh, like an amusement park or some state parks even, there's typically one entrance in. There's sort of a, a guardhouse that's there where you collect the fees and so on. Mm-hmm. At the Montour Preserve, that's just not viable. There are so many places to access that site. And that was on purpose. PPL wanted it to be, you know, open and available to the public. They did a great job. You know, it's not really great if you're looking to control access to it. And right. it's just not viable. But most importantly, number three is <clears throat> in Pennsylvania, there's a law called the Recreational Use of Land and Waters Act. Mm-hmm. And that says if you allow people to use your land for free, you don't charge them a fee and you don't deliberately hurt them, you're essentially immune from legal liability. So if somebody goes on there and they accidentally get hurt, if you didn't charge them a fee and you didn't deliberately hurt them, you really can't get sued. Mm -hmm. And for us, that's terribly important because we have so many people that go out there and use it. If we charge somebody essentially a dollar to go out and use the preserve and then they got hurt, they could turn around and sue us right out of existence. And it's Mm -hmm. not worth, you know, that legal risk to do that. So our insurance company and others have said, thou shalt not charge a user fee to come into the parks because of the liability concern. So those are the three key reasons why we don't. Right. And so looking at those three reasons alone, I feel like Monto Preserve in itself, it exists because of people's willingness to be like, hey, let's keep the community healthy. Let's keep it open for the kids and the families who may not have the means to go and pay to utilize those kind of spaces. Um, And that's... I think this is our turn as a community members to say, okay, we support this. This is what we want in our community. Um, instead of just using it just because it's available to us saying, taking the responsibility to say like, Hey, like we care about this. Like we want what they're offering and we want what you guys are offering. And we want to keep this going for our future generation and the future community members, because it is such a gem in our backyard. I mean, like when I go out there, you know, I, I forget that I'm in Danville. It's such a beautiful place. And, you know, I, I rarely do, you know, it's, it's my own fault for not going there as much as I should, but you can easily find peace out in that space. And I think, you know, you probably see it every day. Um, but I think that's, that's the feel that this, the community gets. And, and, and it's so important for us to come together to say like, Hey, like th- that's exactly what we want. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we wanted to put this event together. Um, and, so, Bob, I, the other thing I wanted to ask you is how does Mark operate? How does the Mark as a business, how is it labeled, and why is this so hard um, for people to understand that the Mark needs funding? Well, thank you, and that's a great question. We were set up in 2005. <clears throat> excuse me. We're an intergovernmental uh, commission. Mm-hmm. We are made up to represent Montour County, the Danville Area School District, Danville Borough, Washingtonville Borough and Riverside Borough and essentially we are tasked with taking care of outdoor recreation whether it's parks and trails or or special programs on behalf of those member entities. We are set up to be nonprofit by intent but there's an important distinction between being a governmental entity which is nonprofit by intent 
and being a traditional 501c3 nonprofit like you would see most nonprofit organizations. And it has its pluses and minuses. Typically, a governmental commission such as ours would receive, you know, dedicated tax support that keeps it in operation, Mm -hmm. you know, to a large extent. Typically, they still have to raise some funds. But when we were set up in 2005, there was enough resistance to the idea that the funding was always short right from the start. Montauk County has always been a key member in this. Montauk County has always provided not less than $10,000 per year. And in every year, they've provided more than that. But realistically, we were set up with a mandate that we need to find some way to make it work without relying on governmental support, you know, at all, if at all possible. And so it's important for everybody to understand we do not receive any general tax support. If you pay you know, real estate taxes or other taxes in Montour County or any of the municipalities, we receive zero dollars from that. The funding that Montour County has provided in the past has come from either state grant programs, the funding comes from Marcellus uh, wells, which are drilled, or in many cases, it's come from the county's hotel tax, which is mm-hmm. paid by people who stay in hotels. So the Montour County commissioners and the local elected representatives have been the wisest possible stewards of taxpayer funds. They've said, look, you know, this isn't something that people are standing up and strongly demanding. You know, we agree that it's important, but you guys need to find some way to help make this work. And so we've done so for roughly 14 years. And what we have found is we've always been the organization that when we realized, for instance, in the first place, it was Hess Recreation Area. The Hess Recreation Area was in danger of being closed. And that was one of the first reasons we came into existence to say, no, this place is important. Let's not only keep it open, but let's improve it. We've added the Robbins Trail, the covered bridge, the restroom facilities, and so on, the skate park. And we've always been the one, for better or worse, who says, we don't want to see these things go away. We will be the one who raises our hands and says, we'll fight for it. And in 2014, it was the Montour Preserve. And the Montour Preserve was more than doubled our budget. And it was all money that we had to find. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've had to be out there relentlessly trying to raise these funds. We've had great success with receiving state grants. We've had you know, great success with individual contributions, but after so many years of doing it, people were legitimately burned out that, right. oh my word, we see Bob Stout in the newspaper again, Bob Stout needs money again. <laughs> Didn't Bob Stout just be in the newspaper last week saying the same thing? Yeah. And we we're really getting to the point where we've got donor fatigue, but it's so, so important. We're trying and trying and trying. And like we said earlier in today's episode, the Montour County commissioners coming forward with this new dedicated hotel tax changes the game for us. Mm-hmm. Going forward from 2020 and beyond, we know that roughly three quarters of our funding is guaranteed secure. We have to hit that roughly $40,000 mark each year. It's still a lot. It's still going to be a lot of work, but it is doable based on our past successes, and we will find a way to hit that mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about 501C and how you guys are not 501C. Mm-hmm. And we've had a conversation about why you guys are or didn't look into changing that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about the reasons why you didn't want to switch over there? Sure. Last year, 2018, I spent an awful lot of time in discussions with other community groups here in Danville saying, are there ways that we might formally partner together? Might we either formally partner or even perhaps merge or, you know, what opportunities might exist to do things better and in a more streamlined fashion. And 
after months and months of looking into this, we decided that the potential benefits of moving to 501c3 did not outweigh the benefits of staying the way we are. Essentially, we already have existing lease agreements with a number of different entities. We have a lot of things already in place that would all have to get renegotiated. And there's no guarantee that you know we would succeed in, in doing that if we hmm. switched to a different operating model. There's a couple other reasons, too. In, in the recent years, last year, if I remember correctly, the federal tax laws were changed, and it really changed the way if somebody makes a tax-deductible contribution, in the past, you know, that meant a certain, you know, amount mm-hmm. of uh, money back, essentially, on your federal yes. taxes. Yep. The way the federal tax laws have changed, there's less of an incentive now for people to make those contributions because the, uh, the, the other deduction, the standard deduction you can take, in many cases, outweighs what the average person gives to smaller organizations like this. Mm. So some of the 501c3s that we've spoken with have said, look, they're starting to see a little bit of an impact from this. People are a little bit less likely to give because they're not going to get as much back on their federal taxes and there's less of an incentive. So when we weighed all the facts, we decided it's better to stay as we are and find some way to make it work than to essentially dissolve ourselves, stand ourselves up as a new 501c3, and then immediately start begging for help. Again, it just didn't make sense for us. Hmm. That makes sense. Um, So hence why we came up with this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So back in late August, early September, I think that was when I read the news article about Montour Preserve and how it needed help. And I think the number that was thrown out there was $200,000. And, uh, you know, I just thought to myself... um, you know, like this is a place that we all enjoy being. I see a lot of senior photos and engagement photos being taken there. I can count on my hands how many people have been there to create (laughs) those, you know, forever lasting memories. Mm -hmm. And I said, we got to do something. Uh, And unfortunately, Nate's not here today, but Nate Wagner from uh, Hawkins Chevrolet approached me and said, hey, we want I want to collaborate with you on an event. Um, but I know when I plan special events like this, if I can find a cause that the community can get behind and be passionate about, uh, it becomes so much more successful. Uh, and so I said, I just threw out like, how about like trying to raise the money for Montour Preserve? Cause it's really, really important. I think to our community. And he said, sure. Um, and so we started brainstorming and we met with you and we talked to you. And after our meeting with you, we really felt like this is it. This is what we want to do. Um, because essentially Monto Preserve is part of our community. And as a community member, our duty and our job is to try to take care of it. Um, and so we wanted to put up this event together on October 26th called Preserve the Preserve uh, up in Hawkins Chevrolet. And you'll be there as well, yes. right, Bob? Um, so Bob will be there to present information on Mark and Montour, um, Montour Preserve as a whole. Have a table there. You, uh, you'll actually be front and center so everybody can see you. Um, and you have information on how you can donate towards you guys and everything else. And we'll make it a kid-friendly event so then all the families can come join us and make it a fun event. Um, and we know at the time of planning this event, it would have been impossible to try to raise $200,000. So, you know, whatever money we can raise obviously is fantastic, but more than anything else, we wanted to spread awareness that the Montel Preserve needs help and the help must come from our community. I know the easiest, um, solution I've heard over and over and on the Facebook page is like big companies in our area can help, you know, chip in and help this. And that's the easiest solution to get to, I think, in people's head. But at the same time, I think 
it's so important as community members to be passionate about what we have in this area and take pride in stuff like Monto Preserve and say, hey, like, we've got to take care of this. This is our community. We live in it. We should try to do whatever we can, whether if it's financially or if it's time or however we can, um, just chipping in whatever you have to take care of a, something that's so special to us. And so we wanted to put this event together for you guys and for the Montour Preserve because we love it so much. And I think it's such an important, important cause. I think we just take it for granted that it's there. Um, and, you know, and then and that's our fault. And in our busy lives, we just kind of forget and put it in the back burner. But we wanted to bring it to the front and uh, make it a fun event where all the community members can come and join and uh, help spread the word that you guys need help. Um, now, I'm sure there will be progress made between now and the event. And uh, where can we find information, um, not just from the news sources and everything else, because I think sometimes they're just a tiny bit off in numbers and everything. Where can we find the most accurate information, most up-to-date information in regards to Monta Reserve? Thank you. I appreciate that. So specific to your question, our websites and our Facebook pages are essentially the information directly from us. So either montourrec.com or montourpreserve.org. On both sites, you'll find all the information that you might need about those sites, including our finances, you know, where the money comes from, where it goes, and so on. There's also links on both of those sites where you can make donations, you know, whether you donate directly to us. One of the things that we touched on earlier was because we're not 501c3, it, it seems counterintuitive, but if you make a donation directly to us, it's not tax deductible. So what we did in, in years past, we set up a fund at the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation. If you donate to our fund there, it is tax deductible for you, and your funds then pass through to us as a grant. So it's all above board, and it looks out for the best interest of everybody from the donors to the community to Montour Rec. Um, one thing I'd like to touch on is in the last month, we've been, you know, almost overwhelmed by the amount of support that's come forward. That's awesome. Uh, not only this event that's coming forward, but the Danville Business Alliance, we give yep. them a lot of credit for helping to spread the word. Uh, Village of Realty at the Fall Arts and Crafts Festival uh, sold water and took donations. And between what they raised and what their individual realtors donated, they made a $1,000 presentation wow. to us earlier this week. That's awesome. That was spectacular. Uh, we've got the guys from Boyle Line Coffee are working to do a fundraiser for us. Mm -hmm. uh, Service First earlier this week had a crew out at the Montour Preserve. They helped us spread something like 70 cubic yards of mulch on all the kids' play areas. Aww. So we really are. We continue to be blessed by the number of community partners, you know, businesses and others who come forward and have helped us out. So this is one more way that, you know, we're seeing those community partners step forward. And like you said, it really is important to us that the community recognizes not only the Montour Preserve, but we also manage the Hess Recreation Area, Hopewell Park, the North Branch Canal Trail, the other special events we do like the Humdinger Trail Races. Mm -hmm. We exist today almost entirely because so many community members and community partners and businesses have stepped forward over the years to say, this matters. We're willing to make a contribution either of our time or our money. And they've come out and they've helped us out. And this is just the latest example. And, and we truly do appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, so, so great to hear that, like, since the news broke out, so many community members and the local businesses are coming together. And I think in the Preserve for Preserve, the event, we've invited a lot of local businesses to be part of it. DBA is a big part of that. Danville Health Alliance is yes. also yeah, becoming part of that as well to help out. And uh, we're so excited 
um, not only to host this event, it's just a Halloween themed community event. So we'll have trunk or treat for the kids, mm-hmm. carpool, pumpkin toss, some food trucks. There's going to be a haunted house that the Hawking Chevy's putting up together. Um, and then I'm a pet costume contest. There's going to be a human costume contest for kids and adults as well. <laughs> um, so I think it's just going to be a big gigantic party and I can't forget about the obstacle course that we're trying to put together <laughs> on an incline. So I hope everybody's ready to come in, like move around and exercise a little bit and also get to know a little bit more about Mark. I think the name Mark is a very familiar term around here, but I am guilty of this as well. I just didn't know enough about it. And I think, hearing all these events that you guys put together like humdinger and and the the former chili challenge and all these parks that we utilize on daily basis it is our responsibility as community members to know about it a little bit more and and you know i'm definitely going to spend more time studying and researching a little bit and however way i can to try to contribute because i know that the contribution towards the cause and to you guys is not only financial but it's also could be in other ways like giving volunteer at the Mm -hmm. sites um, to helping spread the word and awareness that this needs to happen. Um, those things are the kind of things that's going to help in the long run. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being here with us today, Bob. Yeah. And uh, I hope to see you guys on October 26th for Preserve the Preserve. Any last word for the community members, Bob? No, please. We really do appreciate the support. We appreciate this opportunity to be here with you today. And we look forward to seeing everybody at the event. It's going to be an exciting day. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.